0: Do. Wow, that was really good! So many talented people in our church. Um, we have some pretty cool things happening. Um, Ryan and Tamara, can you stand up? You guys have been gone for like six weeks, so uh, we'll want to hear all about it. So um, I'm excited to see you guys here. That's really cool. The what? What's your story uh, thing that you've been writing on? I, some of you wrote some really great. Uh, things about miracles in your life, but I realized i didn 't uh, ask if I could share uh, those miracles, so we added this this week permission to share yes or no because I actually want to share a lot of these things that are happening in your lives, but I also take it pretty seriously not to share something if you thought you were sharing it with me in confidence i don 't want to board it out to the whole church so if you have you know if God is doing something miraculous in your life and you want to share about that, I would love to share with the church. Just, just circle it, yes, and then uh, I'll, I'll probably use it in my sermon. This is uh, just a... Uh, thank you, Lucinda. She actually typed up my journal from Ghana. So this is uh, every day uh, for those two weeks in Ghana of me just rambling. Um, it's not that exciting, but at least you know uh, some of what was going on day to day. And um, if you want to read that that 'd be great uh, there's the copies are back at the welcome table and they say Ghana two thousand and sixteen Speaking of miracles we um, one one Sunday we found out about a nonprofit run by five school district teachers um, that helped families w- with rent and and those th- assistance uh, issues and um, they were out of funds and I talked about it for maybe five minutes and after those five minutes both services, you guys raised twenty five hundred dollars for that group which is amazing and this is a card this is a card that they sent us and it says dear members of life spring four square church your generosity will make it possible for the north pierce county community coalition to continue to offer emergency housing and utility funds to families and children living or enrolled in fife milton edgewood school districts the coalition is grateful for the opportunity to extend your compassion to your neighbors who thank you for easing their burdens. And then these are all the different organizations that have been blessed um, by us donating that money. So a miracle uh, for that that group. Um, And you were a part of that. And you had to say yes to God. You had to obey the Lord. um, But praise the Lord for that. Um, We were part of a huge miracle. Also, I just wanted to let you know, um, as most of you know, Alana Nelson, who's a part of our church, and she's been down in... Oregon for the last two weeks with her cousin Darlene, who's been dying of pain, pancreatic cancer, and she passed away uh, uh, during the beginning of our service this morning. Um, and she leaves three children behind, uh, all younger than 13 years old. Um, and and I've been seeing pictures; they 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 are all in this room together, kind of have they called it their slumber party uh, with mom, uh, but she has passed away. This morning, so Jason is heading down there right now to go see Alana, and so if we could just pray for that family right now. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we know that there's power in prayer. We know that our prayers are not wasted, and so we pray right now that your spirit would be so real and evident in that room, Lord, um, that you would just continue to reveal yourself in, in new and fresh ways, Lord, to these children, Lord, who have just lost their mother, uh, that You would Just shower your love upon them, Lord, that you'd be a big God, you'd be big enough for their anger, their hurts, their frustrations, their worries, their anxiety, uh, the pain, Lord, that you'd be big enough uh, for all of their burdens to be cast upon you, Jesus. And I thank you that you are with them. I thank you, Lord, that ultimately with your death on the cross and the resurrection from the grave, you defeated death. Uh, We do not have to fear death any longer. Even though death is still a tragedy, even death still breaks our hearts. Um, you have won the victory over death. And we claim that today, Lord. And we thank you that there is a hope of a resurrection because of you, Jesus Christ. And and we just pray, Lord, that you would speak that deeply and clearly to everyone who is hurting so much today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church, for praying with me for that family. Well, last Sunday we started uh, this series positioned for a miracle. And I am pretty excited about this series. And the last week, The idea is just that, and I love the way that Pete described it, is that every day we have this opportunity to be filled with the Spirit. You have to choose to be filled with the Spirit, but also to be led by the Spirit. And you have to choose to be led by the Spirit. We're not robots. He doesn't force us to do that. But we have this opportunity to live a life, a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. And when you live that life every day... It is actually a life. And those of you who live that way know this. It is a life that is full of the supernatural, miraculous power of God. Amen. Amen. It's the idea that as we listen to the Holy Spirit, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We are positioned for a miracle. And there's certain postures, certain attitudes that that are needed to be positioned for a miracle. There are key ingredients for being positioned for a miracle. Last week, we talked about humility, and I would say humility is probably one of the most important ingredients to a daily walk. Don't you know, pride loves to creep in every day. Pride just loves to rear its ugly head. But humility says, what? I cannot do life on my own. I actually need help. I actually have to yield to God. Humility says, not my will be done, but what? But yours. And this is a humility that brings everything to Jesus. And and when I mean everything, I mean everything. So you'd bring your finances to Jesus. You'd bring your pain and your sickness to Jesus. You'd bring your successes. You'd bring your failures to Jesus. You'd bring everything. You'd bring your relationships. Your relationship with your kids. Your relationship with your parents. Your relationships with your friends. You would bring everything to Jesus. And you want to bring it to Jesus as a last resort which is kind of common in this world, right? Well, all we can do now is pray. No, not a last resort. It would actually be the first thing that we do when we wake up. First thing you do when you wake up. Jesus, I need you. That, by the way, Jesus is a great prayer. If you don't know what else to pray, just say Jesus when you wake up in the morning. Jesus, Jesus. It's a humility that says, I cannot do life on my own. Lord, I need you. And we truly humble ourselves. When we allow the Lord to lead our day-to-day lives, we begin to see His supernatural presence working in us and working through us. And I love that. I love that. I I love the Christian life. I love the Spirit-filled and Spirit-led life. It is such an adventure. It is so exciting. And to see the miraculous happening in my life all the time, I, I just absolutely love the life that I get to live by His Spirit. But we have to walk in humility. Pride truly does come before the fall. And how many... People we've seen destroyed by their pride. Pride, by the way, is just like a wall. you got pride, there's a wall. It's just a wall that keeps the Spirit from flowing. You want the Spirit to flow in your life? you got to be humble. Second ingredient today, and it's important, much like humility, but it's actually pretty difficult to do, much like humility. It is obedience. Obedience, to actually obey the Lord. I heard a big sigh there. I would sigh too, because it's hard. It's to do what God calls you to do. And it, when I think about the word obedience, I actually think about a song. Many of you would know the song if you're a little bit older. And I, I don't really remember hearing the word obedience until I heard this song. And it was a song by Keith Green. Remember that? And it's to obey is better than... Sacrifice. Right? You remember that? To obey is better than sacrifice. I want more than money. I want your life. Right? So... That's how I learned that I was supposed to obey the Lord. Little did I know it was from First Samuel chapter fifteen, twenty-two. but I knew that I was supposed to obey. By the way, that's why music is so powerful. Um, some kids, I, I was in the car with some teenagers the other day, and they were having an argument with me, telling me how music doesn't affect them. And it was one of those times where, it, with teenagers, you try to have a conversation, you try to, you know like, give them the benefit of the doubt. But on that one, no. I was like, no, you're just, you don't know what you're talking about. It affects you. And, and I told him, I said, don't worry. I said the same thing when I was your age, but now I'm older and it affects you. But it can also affect you in positive ways. Isn't that crazy that I learned about obedience from a song? I, I think that is absolutely beautiful. So I knew I was sw- supposed to obey, right? I got the song in my heart, singing the song. But don't you know I have disobeyed the Lord Thousands of times and whatever I think I wear, you know, whatever that mark is, you know, if I tallied up all my disobedience, the reality is it's probably even bigger than that. Right. I've disobeyed the Lord and praise the Lord for his grace in my life that has forgiven me so very much. And, and, and that is true. But I'd also say as we mature in our faith, one of the greatest areas where we grow is in this area of obedience. Right? As you mature in the faith, you learn how to obey. You grow in obedience. If you're not growing in obedience, you're not growing in Christ. Because to grow in Christ means you're growing in obedience. To be more like Christ, you'd be someone that obeys more than you did yesterday. A growing, maturing Christian grows in faith, actually grows in radically obeying the Lord and doing what He's called us to do. But as much as I say that, still, it's an area that so many people struggle with. And right now, i, I, I just say this, a little exercise. Right now... Think of the areas that the Lord has been speaking to you. And He's speaking to you, and you aren't obeying. In this room right now, the Holy Spirit is warning some of you to stop doing something. He's saying, it isn't good. Stop doing it. And yet, you're still doing it. Right now in this room, there's maybe something that's extremely challenging, and He's calling you to persevere. He's saying, don't bail. Persevere. Endure. And yet, instead of obeying obeying Him, you're going to bail. Or maybe He's asking you to do something completely out of your comfort zone. Something that just scares you. It's terrifying. It's like, this is impossible. And God says, I know it's impossible, but with me it's possible. I want you to take that step of faith, and yet you aren't doing it. Obedience is hard. And yet, so clear in Scripture that we are to obey the Lord. I feel like I've been through so many sermons that try to excuse our lack of obedience. And it just is driving me nuts (laughs) so let's look and see what jesus has to say john chapter 14 15 through 21 this is jesus speaking he says if you love me keep my commands i'll read that again in case we didn't hear it if you love me keep my commands and i will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth thank you lord The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you're going to see me because I live. You also will live. Amen. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Again, I have just so many sermons in my head of people preaching me against these exact words. But he says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. By the way, that's a response to the holiness movement, because in the holiness movement, you had to be perfect and you could never sin. You had to look the part and dress the part and talk the part. And so then we've gone way from that pendulum all the way to the other side of the pendulum that says we never have to obey the Lord. God's grace will forgive us all and we can just do whatever we want. Live it up while we're going down but there's an obedience that he commands us to whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. So clear. If you love me, obey my commands. He says, whoever has my commands and keeps them is what is the one who loves me. When I got home from Ghana, the Lord asked me to read second John. I can't tell you that. I've ever had the specific call from the Lord to read 2 John before, but he did. So I pulled it out and I read it. 2 John is pretty short. You could read it in about two to three minutes. And the Lord actually spoke several things to me from this short letter, but one of the main things that stuck out was verses 4, 5, and 6. This is from John. He says, It's given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. So they're obeying His commands, walking in the truth. And now, dear lady, I'm writing you a new, I'm not writing you a new command, but one we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning, His command is that you walk in love. So obey the Lord and His commands. And what is His command? His command is that you walk in love. First John 3:23 through24, and this is His command to believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as He commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in Him and He in them. Lifespring, obey His commands. His command is to believe in Jesus and to love one another. Galatians 5, 13, 14. Now this is the Apostle Paul. Maybe we want to hear from the Apostle. He says, You, my brothers and sisters, life spring, you were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. By the way, this is my favorite verse of all time. Don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. So we have a choice, church. We're free, but we have a choice. Are we going to use our freedom to indulge the flesh? For me, myself, and I, satisfy the cravings that I have within me? Or... Am I actually going to lay down my life, get my eyes off of myself, onto God, onto others, and begin to serve those around me? For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, say it with me, love your neighbor as yourself. Now we hear this from the very mouth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. As a teacher of the law, a lawyer, he asked this question to Jesus. Teacher, Jesus, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replies, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So when you look at your life, ultimately, if you want to live a spirit-led life, a life that is full of the supernatural presence of God where you're always positioned for a miracle. You must live a life where you are surrendered to Jesus' commands. Obey Him. Love God. Love others. As Christians, this command to love God and love others, it, it almost has to be the filter that we push our life through. Like from our morning... Waking up till our evening when we go to bed, a filter that we push our life through of loving God and loving others. So when you have that driver that's just a terrible driver on the highway and there's certain things that you want to say or do to them, you say, God, I'm here to obey your commands and your command is for me to love my neighbor, even neighbors who do not know how to drive. When you think about it in your your home or your family, when your child disrespects you, or maybe at your job when your co-worker wrongs you, right? You've been there, right? Where you have been betrayed. Or just think about any other time when you are ready to just kind of set your faith to the side, right? Just set the principles of God and, and the obedience to God to the side and just let that person have it. You know what I'm talking about. Where you say, I'm out of patience, when you're never out of patience, when you have the Holy Spirit within you, because... Love is patient. Love is kind. But yet we do those things, right? We, all, we set it aside to let the other person have it. But when you're ready to do that, remember, you are a Christian. You are in Christ. You love Jesus. And those who love Jesus obey His commands. And His command is that you love one another. Well, Pastor Dan, that's great. Sounds good to me. But I've blown it, right? I, I've, I've, I've just screwed up where I was supposed to love my neighbor... I was actually extremely unloving. Well, I've got good news for you this morning. Even if you say something that you shouldn't have said, even if you do something that you shouldn't have done, because you love Jesus and because you are one who obeys his command to love others, you are going to what? Be that person who comes back to the person that you've wronged. And in love, you're going to apologize. In love, you're going to tell them that you're sorry. And in love, you're going to ask For forgiveness. Because you love Jesus and you are one who obeys His command. And His command is that you love one another. Which sometimes means that you have to say you're sorry. See, there's no excuses. I said that for the entire year of 2015. No excuses, no pity parties. Or do hard things, no excuses, no pity parties. There are no room for excuses in this area of love. I I get that it's hard. Life is hard and then it gets harder. Love God. Love others. No excuses. As Christians, we obey His commands. Now, we screw that up from time to time. I I screw up all the time. All of us do. In our flesh, by the way, have you noticed, in our flesh, disobedience comes really easily? You know, I mean, in my flesh, I can disobey with the best of them. I am a pro at disobedience in my flesh. Right? That's why we need the Lord. That's why we need to read our Bibles. That's why we need to pray and speak in tongues and, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. In our flesh, it, 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 it's, it's just, it's tough. But every day, you need to see this opportunity that you have to actually turn from your disobedience and turn to God. It's funny, repentance. Repentance turning from your sins. There's this whole argument of, do you need to repent once you're a Christian? And, you know, are you, you know do you still have to repent of your sins? And, like, I don't even want to get theological on that. I just want to talk about the condition of my heart. Sometimes my heart is just kind of bitter and against the Lord. And so I repent, not so that I make sure I made it into heaven. I repent because I need my heart to be softened to the things of God. I repent because I need to turn from my wicked ways and turn to the Lord. And, and so I just want to say that every morning you have that opportunity to do that. And, and when you do that, you're positioned for a miracle. Our lives are, are truly being softened and worked in a way where we are ready To be positioned for a miracle. And this morning, I just encourage you, put your life through that filter. The filter of the greatest commandment. Look at every decision that you make. You say you love Jesus, but do you obey His commands. And I'm not thinking about all the specific things you do that maybe your mom and dad think are naughty. I'm not like here to judge all of your things. You just think of them in your own life. Are you obeying His commands? Do you truly love God? Do you love others? Not just in word, but in deed, in your actions. And now, I mean, it's 9.47. We've got you know, 20 minutes left. Just in this time, allow the Lord to examine your heart. If there's anything in your heart that's not submitted to the Lord, any part of your life that's not living in obedience to Him, I think He'd love to do a work right now. In fact, we're going to have people in that scary room in the back praying after service. If you need to work that out with the Lord and have someone praying for you, I mean, last week, they were taking 20, 25 minutes praying for people. Um, Sometimes we just need to take a longer time to to work this out and to walk through it. Use this time. Because I, I would just love it if every one of us, and I believe this can be true of us, that every one of us, as we leave this room, we would leave as people who are committed to obeying His commands. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but that in our heart, in our new nature, we'd say, God... I give you permission to do whatever you need to do in my heart right now so that I would walk out of here as one who truly loves you, who obeys your commands. Amen? You know, they say, being a pastor, you have to have thick skin but a soft heart. Thick skin but a soft heart. I'm not good at that. (laughs) I'm just not. For, For those of you who know me, my skin is not that thick. And so words really affect me. In fact, if I was sitting in the pews right now, I'd totally be condemned and ashamed. That's a joke. Just just kidding. But but people will say things to me and it makes me feel bad. And then if you're like me, the fact that I feel bad because words made me feel bad makes me feel bad. And so then I feel worse. And then I feel worse because what they said that makes me feel bad and I felt bad that that made me feel bad. And now I feel bad that that made me feel bad that that made me feel bad makes me feel even worse. And it's just this downward cycle. Well, and guess what? Kind of happened to me, all right? Before I'm going to Ghana, right? I'm, I'm pumped up. i ready to go to Ghana. Going to Ghana. A couple days before I go to Ghana, somebody said something to me and it just, oh, I mean, it crushed me. It affected me. And then, of course, I was upset that it affected me, you know, like I became insecure, like you shouldn't even be a pastor and, you know, all, all these insecurities and just a downward cycle. Well, guess what? As I'm flying to Ghana, I'm on this plane from, um, Seattle to Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., and I had this bitterness towards this person. I just knew it. And I'd never met the person before this encounter with them. I'll probably never meet them again. I don't even know their name. And yet I was holding on to such hurt and resentment. It's just this negative, unhealthy attitude towards this person. And on the plane ride, the Lord spoke so clearly to me. He, He said, Dan, forgive as you've been forgiven. Forgive as you've been forgiven. And and that, we know, comes from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. But it's funny because on my first album, I wrote a song that said exactly that. The song said, let me forgive as I have been forgiven. So again, music is powerful. So powerful that the Lord even uses your own songs to speak to you. But I knew it. I knew I was supposed to forgive her. And the Lord was telling me that, and this was really clear to me, because, by the way, this series, Position for a Miracle, this came a couple months ago. I, I knew we were supposed to do this series. And I, I felt like the Lord said, if you want to be a position for a miracle while in Africa, it was going to have to start by obeying Him in America, by forgiving this person. I, I just knew I had this unwillingness in my heart, uh, an unloving attitude in my heart. And, and I just knew, the Lord was being very clear to me that it was going to affect my time in Ghana. So praise the Lord for his kindness to me, that he wanted to deal with this condition of my heart before I stepped on African soil. So he's speaking to me, but don't you know, I had to obey him, right? The Lord speaks to us all the time. We don't have to obey what he says, but I had to obey. I just knew it. I actually had to forgive this person. I actually had to love her in my spirit. And on the plane ride, this happened. Just an intensely powerful moment for me, and it changed the entire trip. And this has happened again and again in my life. I bet you've experienced this as well, that when you obey the Lord's command in one area, it greatly affects the other areas of your life. So my obedience to forgive this person affected the effectiveness of the trip, even though they seem unrelated. Well, Why is that? Well, because obeying God's commands to love others, that affects your heart. And when our hearts obey God in one area where we let go of the bitterness or the hatred or the envy or the jealousy, when when we let go of that area, when our hearts begin to soften and love in that area, guess what? We bring the same heart into all the other areas of our life. We like to compartmentalize it, don't we? Like, oh, I just love you. I love you. And then, you know, you mentioned Pete, you're like, oh, Pete, right? You compartmentalize your love. You can't do that. It's the same heart. And what's beautiful about that is when you surrender in one area, you actually bring this heart that has been healed by the Lord, you bring it into other areas and it affects the other areas of your life. Don't kid yourself. In fact, try it out for yourself. If there's an area in your life where you're not obeying the Lord's command, and I get that I'm digging into some... Painful stuff. But if there's an area where you do not love another person, maybe it's time that you love them. I'm not saying that you have to go out to sushi with them. I'm just saying, like, with the love of Christ, with Christ's commands in your heart, you would choose to love them. Where you'd actually have a change of heart toward that person. And as your heart changes towards that person, it will affect every other part of your life. Obey the Lord, love God, love others. This, ingre- this ingredient, I'd say, keeps your heart and keeps your life in alignment with the heart of God. <clears throat> obedience, right? Because we stray. And, and I don't know if you remember that when I did the, I did a line of obedience and I talked about how we kind of jump far away from the line. But as we walk with the Spirit, as we continue to have a relationship with God, the jumps get a little bit closer to obedience, right? We snap back to obedience quicker and quicker and quicker that you grow in obedience i just hope you get that as a christian you grow in obedience listen to this the bible tells us god is love does anyone know that first john 4 8 god is love i love the part before that it says whoever does not love does not know god because god is what god is love whoever does not love you don't know god because the God I know, he's saying, he is love. If you know God, you love. God is love. That, that means it's part of God's DNA. It's part of his character. It's part of his attitude, his attributes. It's it's very nature. He is love. And so when you love your, your neighbor as yourself, I get that it's hard. I'm not saying this is easy. But when you love your neighbor as yourself, guess what? You are actually in alignment with God. I mean, that's about as close as you can get to God is when you love your neighbor like you want to be close to God love that person that is just really unlovable and you will what no God that's what he's saying you know God when you love and I don't know if you've noticed but this God who is love he is right now and I, I just I hope some of our eyes are open to this but this God of love right now like 2016 is pouring out his supernatural presence in amazing and powerful ways in our community I know some people don't understand that and don't get it. I just pray that the Lord would open your eyes today before you leave this room that He is pouring out His Spirit all over this place. And there are people in this room that right now are part of a grand adventure, who are part of an amazing, abundant life where they are seeing the miraculous and the supernatural happening every day in their life because they are a part of the love of God being poured out in this community. If you want to be positioned for a miracle, if you want to be a part of that, walk in obedience to Christ's command to love others. Again, naturally, we just love to gripe and grumble and complain. And by the way, people grumble, gripe and complain in Ghana just as good as they do in America. I mean, it's just like one of the anti-spiritual gifts of the world to grumble, argue and complain. But when you choose to love others with the love of God, you are choosing to be used in supernatural, miraculous ways. In fact, I know in this room, if we had time, I could just have you guys share story after story of where you have been positioned for a miracle because of your willingness to obey his command, to love your neighbor as yourself. But as cool as that is and as great as that is, I mean, isn't it within your heart just that passion not to settle, that passion not to compromise, that passion to say, you know what, whatever we have, I'd love to see it, you know, as Emerald Lagasse would say, bam, take it up a notch, Right? I mean, and, and the only way you can do that is to say, God, examine my heart right now. As much as I'm feeling like I'm on you know, cruise control in some areas. Maybe I'm just like, man, I'm in the wheelhouse of God and His Spirit in some areas. Right now, Lord, in the deepest, darkest corners of my heart where I keep those secrets, where I keep those sins, where I keep those addictions, where I keep those things that my wife doesn't even know about. God, would you examine my heart even now in those places and illuminate them by the light of Christ? We just said shine your light over and over and over again. When you say shine your light, that means we're actually saying shine your light. And where does He need to shine His light? Yeah, He needs to shine it in our community, but He also needs to shine it in me and in you. So, Jesus, shine your light. Just show me, illuminate any area where I am not obeying you, where I am not fulfilling the greatest commandment to love God and to love others. Use this time. Even as I'm talking, you just say, Lord, just examine my heart. Any area that is not surrendered to your will, where I'm not obeying you to love those around me, even my enemies, Lord, show those areas of my heart. Work on me today. And he will do that. He can change your heart this very minute. So that you can be in alignment with His heart and be positioned for a miracle. Amen? Amen. And then, as I close today, I just, I just want to briefly touch on another type of obedience. And I just think, I, I felt like I was supposed to share this. I think it's going to speak to some of you today. And if it does speak to you, please write it down or, or, or talk to me. Because I want to know, I just want some confirmation that, that the Lord wanted me to say this. But... You, you see in the early apostles a, a different kind of obedience, and, it, and it's so important to the supernatural life that God has called us to. You see it displayed in the early apostles. You see this in uh, Paul. You see this in Barnabas. You see this in Peter. And it's this obedience to follow the Holy Spirit's leading. And you get really Pentecostal on this, right? The promptings of the Holy Spirit. Where you are filled with the Spirit, but then you actually obey what the Spirit asks you to do. And I just want to say this, the American Church, we can do a lot better at this. Truly obeying the Holy Spirit's leadings and promptings. By the way, there is no Christian life without the Holy Spirit. The, somehow the American Church has convinced Christians that you can be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. It cannot exist. The Holy Spirit takes residence in you when you become a Christian. And then we can give Him permission to flood us and to use us and to lead us and to guide us. But even there, we still have to obey Him, right? We're not robots. He doesn't force us to do things. There's, there's an obedience to follow the Holy Spirit's leading, where you're filled with the Spirit and you actually do what He asks you to do. And, and I, I just want to say this. There's some examples in my life, of, of great people in my life who, who have obeyed the Lord and obeyed His, His promptings and His leadings. I, I think you might have, you know, maybe it's your parents, maybe it's your brothers and sisters. But I have these great examples. What I'd say about all these people is that they were willing to follow. I love that phrase. It's not my phrase. I, I'm borrowing it from somebody else. but I just love it. That You as a Christian have to be willing to follow the Lord. That song that you sing, I've decided to follow Jesus. That's like, I've decided to follow Jesus, except if it's hard, difficult, painful, you know. (laughs) But every other moment, I am there to follow you, Jesus. No, you have to be willing to follow. It's hard in America because we have so much, right? And we enjoy what we have and we want more. It's kind of how capitalism runs, right? You know, just we're going to buy some more, get some more. And, and we enjoy comfort. We enjoy security. And 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 we find our comfort and security in possessions, right? and what we have. And then you read the Bible and he talks about there's a cost of following the Lord. And that you actually have to give up some of your comfort and security sometimes to follow the Lord. That we actually have to be willing to give something up to follow him. Jesus, he even tells his disciples in Luke 14, he says, there's a cost to following me. And he even warns them, right? He says, and you need to count the cost. So sometimes that means you have to give up money. Sometimes that means you have to give up influence or power. Sometimes you have to give up power. Sometimes you have to give up being comfortable. When we read the book of Acts, you discover some of the finest examples we have as Christians of just men and women radically obeying the call of God in their lives, obeying the Holy Spirit. And, and, And if you've read their stories, obeying God costs them a lot. Most of them, it cost them what? It cost them their lives. But they surrendered to the Lord. And as they surrendered, as they obeyed the Lord, they were positioned for a miracle. And the Lord, don't you know, He did incredible, supernatural things through them. I just want to highlight one example of radical obedience as I close. This is from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16, 9 and 10. It says, during the night, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he had a vision of a man of macedonia standing and begging him come over to macedonia and help us after paul had seen the vision we got ready at once to leave for macedonia concluding that god had called us to preach the gospel to them do we not have that one okay let me read it again i want you guys to hear this during the night paul had a vision of a man of macedonia standing begging him Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now that's radical obedience. He has a vision. After seeing the vision, they get ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Now in verses 6 and 7, if you remember, the Spirit redirects, their course two different times. But now here he says, I want you to go to Macedonia and they obey and they go. The gospel, by the way, because of going to Macedonia, spreads into Europe in ways that are probably beyond what Paul could ever imagine. Again, because of his obedience. Some of the major Bible stories that we read and we share about happen in Macedonia. Uh, Later in chapter 16, if you continue to read chapter 16, Lydia is converted. The deliverance of that fortune-telling slave girl that's kind of annoying, she gets delivered. Remember, Paul and Silas, they're put in prison in Philippi, and Philippi is in Macedonia, and they're in prison. But then there's that awesome conversion of the jailer. Remember the jailer and his entire household? That happens in Macedonia. And then in Acts 17, Paul preaches uh, at Mars Hill, which is a great name for a church, but... We'll have to wait a couple of years to use it again. But um, but Paul preaches in, in Athens. And we know that Paul plants several churches in the Macedonian cities. These are churches that you have recognized. You remember. Remember the church in Philippi? He wrote a book to them called the Philippians. And then do you remember the church in uh, Thessalonica? He wrote two letters to them. Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. He started a church in Corinth. Remember Corinth? 1st and 2nd Corinthians. A huge, I mean, this most so much of what we even learn and we grow in Christ, the stuff that we are educated upon comes from this man's obedience to follow hard after God, to hear from the Lord saying, come to Macedonia and getting up at once and obeying the Lord. Do you see just the doors of heaven have been opened up because he was willing to follow the Lord, willing to follow. And for Paul, I mean, here's the deal for Paul. And here's the thing for all of us, really. He didn't get to know all those great things. He didn't get to know what was going to happen if he went to Macedonia. And that's tough, isn't it? Because we kind of want to know the results before we obey the Lord. Right? In our flesh, we always want to know what's going to happen if we choose to obey. We want to know how it's going to turn out. But as Christians, and Paul's a good example of this, you leave the results to God right? Our job is to surrender in the journey. His result, his job is the result and the outcome. We put our lives and our future in his hands. Paul didn't know it was going to happen. He just had to have faith in God and do what God was asking him to do. And for Paul, you read Paul, whether he lived or died, that wasn't the issue for him. He just wanted to obey the Lord. Remember, if I die, hey, I'm with the Lord. If I'm here, hey, I'm preaching the gospel. I mean, he's good either way. His passion wasn't to live or die. His passion was to what? Obey the Lord, to bring glory to God. And because of Paul's obedience, he walked through supernatural doors that only God can open. And that's what I want to say to you as the worship team comes up. It's just what door has God opened for you? Again, we want to know the result of walking through that door. But we don't get to know the results. But we do have doors, don't we? There are doors that the Lord is opening. And where in your life, and take this very seriously this morning, where in your life do you have to put your faith and your trust in God once again to radically obey Him? Not radically obey your pastor, not radically obey your friends or your, your, or your co-workers, but to radically obey God. Is it in your finances? I've had that moment in my life where I wasn't obeying the Lord in my finances, I had to radically come to the Lord and say, okay, I'm scared to death. Money is just scaring me, but I'm going to radically obey you with my finances. Maybe it's relationships. There's some relationships that just seem impossible. But maybe the Lord is opening a door in a, in a relationship where you know you're supposed to do a certain thing or say a certain thing. Radically obey Him. Move in that relationship. Maybe it's at work. Maybe it's at school. Where do you need to radically obey the Lord. So many of us want to be a part of a miracle but we are so unwilling to obey the Lord. The church, the song says it, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. If we love Him, we obey Him. So we got a little bit of time. I just, If we could use this time to just talk to the Lord. Put our trust in Him once again. Put our faith in Him once again. To say, God... I know I've failed and I know I'll probably fail again, but in my heart, I want the condition of my heart to be soft towards you. I want my heart to be in a posture and in a position of obedience where I will say yes, God, to the open doors that you have placed in my life. I will say yes to them, Lord. I will say yes to your supernatural, miraculous spirit moving in my life. I will say yes to being used by you, God, for your glory for your kingdom. Yes to you, Jesus. Yes to you, God. That we'd walk in humility. We'd walk in obedience. And as we do, we'd see the supernatural presence of God poured out in our lives and through our lives. So let's just pray. Let's just pray. Holy Spirit, come. I know you're already here, but in our hearts, we just want an attitude of receiving all that you'd have. Just come. Holy Spirit, come in my life. Lord, break down through the pride. Lord, break down through the fears and the worries and the anxiety. That we have cast our cares upon you because we know that you care for us. Lord, just work on our hearts. Some of us, our minds are uneasy right now. Our hearts are uneasy. And so we need the peace that passes understanding. That will guard our hearts and guard our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, some of us, we just need the faith we haven't exercised our faith in a long time and Lord maybe today you're calling us to exercise our faith once again to give the results to you but to radically obey you in the next step Lord reveal the next step reveal the next door reveal just the next step of radical obedience Lord some of us were just afraid to die we're holding on to this life with such a tight grip and Lord yet you're calling us and you're telling us to let go we, we do not have to fear death as Christians. We do not have to fear death. This life is but a vapor. It, it, it is a it is blink of an eye. Our life will go on much longer than this life. Let us, Lord, just teach us what it means to let go of trying to grab a hold of this life so much. Let go and truly jump into the pool of your grace. Jump into the pool of faith and obedience and surrender. Just work, even now, Lord, just a, a ministering of your Spirit on our hearts ministering of your spirit on our hearts ministering of your spirit on our hearts thank you Jesus if there's an area where you know that you you need to just trust the Lord and, and walk in obedience after the service we're going to have that room set up and um, I just encourage you to go there and let them uh Let them speak over you and pray over you. As we close here, I want to pray over those who maybe you just know that there's a part of your heart that is just so unloving and just bitter towards others. And so with all eyes closed, if there's anyone who just wants the Lord to do a miracle right now in your heart, where your heart would be softened, where you would be able to love God and love others, would you just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Amen. Absolutely. Anyone else? Yeah, absolutely. All over this place. Amen. Lord, we just pray over those hands that were raised, Lord, and, and Lord, you see their, their desire to have their hearts softened, Lord, and, and God, it's, it's you. This isn't anything but you, Lord, and your spirit just commanding us to love others, and yet your commands are not burdensome. The scripture is very clear, Lord, and, and I, I thank you that even in this moment, we don't all of a sudden have to have the weight of the law put upon our shoulders, Instead, we get to live in freedom. A Galatians 5.13 kind of freedom that says, You have given us freedom. You have set us free. But that we don't have to use this freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, we can use this freedom to serve one another in love. To actually obey your commands. To love our neighbor as ourself. And so, Lord, it's a, there's kind of a mystery to that because it all seems a little impossible. But yet we know all things are possible with you, God. So in this moment with your divine creativity and your divine just magnitude that is so much bigger than us, Lord. Would you do a work in us that is so much bigger than us? Because in our hearts, we have already decided that certain things could never change, certain things could never happen, that we're just always going to be this way. But yet, you supernaturally right now, Lord, can break our hearts. There can be a supernatural work, a creative, wondrous work done in our hearts right now where something can be broken, where the walls have been built up, the walls can be broken. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, that love can begin to flow the spirit can begin to flow and that there's chambers of our hearts chambers of our lives Lord that have been just anemic and, and there has not been blood flow Lord but there's going to be a blood flow just flowing through Lord the blood of Christ is going to cleanse that area Lord the spirit the wind of the spirit is going to wash through that area Lord and we thank you God that and it might be uncomfortable and weird and awkward and we won't even know how to handle it but God you can handle it you're going to do a work in our lives a work in our hearts and you're going to show us what it means to truly love you God and to love our neighbors as ourselves let that be happening right now Lord the rivers, the flowing, the abundant the rushing, the glorious refreshing rivers of the Spirit washing through us right now Lord Jesus thank you Lord, thank you Lord a divine miracle happening even now in our hearts Lord, where our hearts are changed for your glory Lord, for your kingdom our hearts are changed so that those that are lost will find love not just through our neighbor but they will find the love of God through us Because we will be ones who obey your commands. We will be ones who say, I love you, God, and I love you. Though you spit upon me, I love you. Though you defile me, I love you. Though you turn against me, I love you. Though you have betrayed me, brother. Though you have dissed me, sister. I will choose to love you in the name of Christ and by the power of God residing within me. I choose to love the world. Thank you, Jesus, for you, God, that you set the example. You said, I did not come to this world to condemn it, but to save it through Jesus Christ. And Lord, put that heart and attitude in us, that we would not go into this world to condemn it, but we would preach the good news of Jesus Christ. We would share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of love that says, even while you were sinners, Christ died for you. Show us that kind of love, a radical love, Lord. And as you show us that love, would you give us the strength to radically obey you, God? In your glorious and wonderful name, all God's children say, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.